Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We are two associate marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision. And we're here to debunk myths and deliver truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. So, episode 35? Episode 35. Heck yeah. How exciting. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying All to right. like think of a way to um, make it really negative, but I don't even understand what we're talking about today, sort of. Um, so I don't even know what to say besides, I think this is going to be a shitty, shitty episode. Well, you know <laughs> what? Now, now that you said it, it's probably going to happen because it's it probably a is really prophecy. <laughs> so today we're talking about my baby, one of my favorite things to work through uh-huh. uh, with my people that I work with. It's called Negative Sentiment Override. Yes. And it's what happens when over time, the conflict between you and your person, your partner, it's been building up, building up, you're sweeping it under the rug, essentially. And then you mm-hmm. have what I tell my couples, you get such a lumpy rug, you end up tripping into my office and asking for help. But you, the resentment, the pain, the missed bids for connection, all of it has built up so much, you have no money left in your emotional bank account, you can't see the benefit of the doubt. You can't give your partner benefit of the doubt. You can't see anything positive. It doesn't matter if they do 20 nice things for you. You're going to focus on the one thing they missed. Yes. So you aren't looking forward to seeing them. You're dreading coming home to them. You think every argument's going to, or every discussion is going to be an argument or a fight. Mm-hmm. You just get to this point where you just keep dropping the issue and you don't speak about it. And then it keeps coming up. And then you use it as proof of like, well, this is exactly why you don't care about me. You won't even be willing to fight for me or well, work with couples that are, you know, one couple is more in the positive. They're trying to hold the glue together, you know, for the relationship and be like, I'm feeling great. Like we had a great week. Yes. We had these, you know, maybe disagreements, but I think we worked through them. And then the other partner's like, it was fucking shit. Like this was awful. They did this. They've done me wrong all these years. And it's like, okay, well with that attitude, you're never going to stay together. Like I can just confidently say, this is not even just as a therapist. If you refuse to take off your shit colored glasses and look for all the negatives, I can't help you. Yeah. Like you have to be willing to at least try yeah. for a week to list all of the positive things. I'm not saying you're not going to experience the override, but are you going to choose? And it's, I'm more solution focused when I come to that with couples is like, it's your choice. I can only do so much to teach you this. You pick, mm-hmm. do you want to feel miserable for the rest of your relationship and hate this person and hold on to all the resentments they've done? Or do you want to work through those and then choose to see the positive and we rebuild the relationship moving forward in a different direction? Like yeah. same price, either way, your choice. So that's essentially a very general summary of negative sentiment override. And this is a big topic in other couples therapy. It's definitely a big topic in uh, Gottman style couples therapy. And it's not a comfortable feeling. We know this to be true because it builds and builds over time. Yeah. This isn't, Hey, I had a bad day. I'm having trouble. Um, you know, let's say I had a terrible day at work and I got home and my partner had given me flowers and I am just so in my own head about work. I dismiss it. And he goes, Oh, she didn't even see my flowers. Yeah. What if the next day I go in and I'm like, you got me flowers yesterday. I just saw them. I'm so sorry. Right. Repair attempt made. Yeah. I'm not an override. My partner can calm down. Right. Yeah. If there were any activation, it comes down. Negative sentiment override essentially is all of those little, the missed bids, the resentments, everything else just builds up so much with going unaddressed or addressed, but not worked through. Yeah. Same quote unquote, same fight over and over. We argue about the same things. Mm-hmm. If you have that experience, it's so uncomfortable to relate to your partner. You start to see them as the enemy. 
Yeah. And anything be happening between you two becomes I'm fighting against you rather than it's us versus whatever the problem is, even if it's an internal or external relationship stressor, how partnered are we on this? Yeah. Am I seeing you as the enemy? Am I seeing red or am I willing to let you in? Are my like, are my porcupine spines up or are they down? Yeah. Um, I love this. I, I want to ask, well, before I ask you a, a question, yeah. let me share. So the way I work with this in my office and the sort of themes that I, I parse out from mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the shit uh, stained glasses mm-hmm. is resentment yep. and trauma. So yep. resentment is kind of what I'm hearing is, mm-hmm. and, and I know it might be different from the Gottman because I know there's a very specific thing that, that Gottman uh, labels as resentment. For me, I'm looking at this uh, negative sentiment um, uh, override, override where there is so much hurt built up with so much judgment on top of that hurt mm-hmm. that it's just a pile of resentment. So I use the analogy all the time with clients about just, you have brick upon brick upon brick on your shoulders. You were just weighted down. Each brick is a, a resentment. And again, resentment is a should on top of a hurt. I was hurt. I had a judgment about that, that it should have been something different or I should have not had this. And so then it gets filed away right on that pile of bricks and hangs on. And then it mm-hmm. sounds like from, from this concept, the, the, the bricks get so overwhelming that you're absolutely, it's it just the partner just cannot experience anything else than the weight of that negativity. Um, Cause it's so painful. It hurts mm-hmm. so much. There's so much built on that. Even if one brick is taken off by the, by say the, the, the other partner, and you can see a one positive thing, the flowers, um, even though that's a different example, um, doesn't matter. It still hurts so much. I, I'm still just stuck in this resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess just briefly, because I, I still want to answer my question for you about mm-hmm. how, how I look at this. Um, and then also the other idea of trauma is I really validate those bricks in session and just mm-hmm. acknowledge, like like you said, it's like it's a repetitive thing over and over again. So a lot of times that can be like a, a trust breach Mm-hmm. Uh, but not a big one. We're not talking about someone cheated on somebody. No, no, no. A huge break. It's over time and time again, I couldn't rely on you. And each thing I couldn't rely on you in whatever way, uh, in, as always, the dishwasher example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, every day you never did the dishes. So break upon brick upon brick. Yep. And I trust you to be an equal partner and, you know, mm-hmm. support me. Then it becomes what's called like a long-term trauma. It's every, Mm -hmm. it's not like a big gash. It's a little paper cut over years that then becomes traumatic where it's like, now I'm in this negative sentiment override to where I can't trust anything you're saying anymore. It's so You're a liar. Well, I did this, this, and that. I don't give a shit if you do this. You didn't do all this. You are literally, it's like arguing with a toddler that needs a nap. Yeah. It's how I describe it. Like you're not going to win. It's going to be miserable. You're both going to cry. Mm-hmm. right and both of you are going to need a sip cup afterwards yeah. it's just it's not an yeah. ideal situation to be in with your yeah. partner so I have an assessment but I want to answer your question first well I, I was just curious because you said you know this is like a big thing from mm-hmm. from the Gottman method so then mm-hmm. um uh how do you address this in the room with couples or maybe how do you deal with it and mm-hmm. things that listeners can take away to go like oh man I notice I do that or I notice my partner does that how, how do we deal with get when mm-hmm. we're in this space what do we do so then i notice it first when i work with them from the objective perspective like as the therapist in the room yeah. is taking a look at 
how deep it is, who's mm-hmm. stuck in it. Like it's a, it's yeah. the observational pattern at first. Yeah. And then obviously building enough rapport with the couple and trust to I'm very directive and it's not a, everybody's style match. And I can be very gentle and soft as well, but I will absolutely call you on your shit when it comes yeah. to it in a nice way. Right. It's like, okay, what I'm not getting is that your partner just listed these great things and acknowledged that this was shit. And you just brought up a hurt that you had from three years ago. Walk me yeah. through where that landed. Right. It's, it's, it's being directive. And again, this is my approach of it, especially using Gottman. It's my approach of it with them to call it out in a loving way and how I'm usually able to notice if it's happening. And this can translate for listeners. There's kind of a list of questions that we ask our, ask the people we work with, or you can ask yourself and it's like a yes or no, right? I felt hurt. And this is not just in one interaction. This is how often do you feel this in your relationship? I felt hurt. I felt misunderstood. I thought, I don't have to take this. I don't, I'm not up to blame. I thought to myself, I should just get up and leave. I was angry. I felt disappointed. I was unjustly accused. My partner has no right to say these things. I was frustrated, personally attacked. I wanted to strike back. We don't mean physical hitting, of course, but like I want to tit for tat. Like when you said that, yeah, lashing out. Um, I felt like getting even. I wanted to protect myself. My partner's complaining at me and it's like a slight to me. Like I take it personally. My partner was manipulative. I felt criticized. I just wanted the, I wanted the negativity to just stop. If you answered true to any five or more of those <laughs> things, yeah, you're a negative sentiment override. You're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, like we said, it's, it's not a fun place to be mm-hmm. at. And this is when you're not matching bids. So there's yeah. a range of bids for connection. We've talked mm-hmm. about them. And it's a whole episode that we've discussed it, that it's important that you match your partner's bid for connection right so this is something that you need to do with love but if you're missing this or you're starting to do tit for tat and you're withholding matching a partner's bid because you felt as though very keyword you perceive they withheld one from you even if they didn't just like again i'm very loving and very directive stop it it's literally the bob newhart approach stop it (laughs) if you want to have the ideal relationship is what you're doing now working? Well, no, then stop. You came yeah. in to see me for a reason. You clearly don't like how this feels right now, yet you're continuing to wear the shit colored glasses. And I'm like, I just need one lens off. I'm not even asking for rose colored glasses. And I was, when I was doing my training for one of the Gottman um, workshops that I lead, the, uh, the leader gave the example of, you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting there in, bed and I see, you know, my partner's gained some weight and there's a pile of laundry in the corner and I get up to go pee and his, his uh, clip, the beard clippings are all in the sink. And I'm like, Oh, he's so lazy. The situation is what it is, right? What I just laid out partner maybe has gained a little weight. We've noticed it, right? There's laundry, there's this, there's that things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. I can choose to be bitter about that. Or she was saying, you can look over and see past your partner that's gained a little weight they got their, your kid from bed when she was crying. So you didn't get woken up because your partner knew you had a big meeting at work. There's a pile of laundry because he's been so busy taking care of the kids all day. He didn't get to fold the last load. He was trimming his beard because he wants to look sexy for you because he was planning to ask you out on a date night. Nothing in my environment has changed. Nothing. Yeah. It's the same exact situation. What do I attribute, yeah. right? What is my perspective that I'm attributing mm-hmm. to the situation? Am I going to be positive or neutral, Right don't love this is what I I often say, don't love it, but here we are, right? Or am I going to immediately jump down my partner's throat and take it as a personal attack? 
hate to say it, nobody is that special, right? And if your partner is doing things to personally like get at you, that's also a sign that couples therapy would probably be helpful or maybe <laughs> yeah. depending, leaving the relationship, of course, don't stay yeah. with somebody who you don't feel safe with even emotionally, but like it's, you have a choice in that, right? And that's why <laughs> I like working with couples and they, they do like working with me eventually, but they don't love hearing the truth oftentimes is I'll have partners come in and they're, well, they did this and they did that. And I said, and you stayed. Not like that, but like yeah. you chose, we can cut that part out. Like you chose to be in that relationship. You chose yeah. to be in that dynamic. You chose to not speak up for yourself. You're just now doing it. You have responsibility too that you need to take. Mm. Your partner is literally telling you, I did not say it for that reason. And you're choosing to believe it. This is on you. Mm. And I don't say it to blame them. I say it to empower them to go, oh, this is on me. I can rework my perspective of this. Yeah. Right. And of course I'm a lot more loving, but I do get very direct with my couples because Anything that gets in the way of them being in a bond, which includes negative sentiment override, that's one of the biggest cancerous things aside from contempt and criticism um, as a communication technique. You can't have a relationship survive or thrive at all if one partner or both partners are constantly in negative sentiment override. Yeah. This one up, well, one down, tit for tat. It's miserable. It, I can feel the tension in the room. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. And uh, in the room when I'm working with it, um, the person who's in that override, mm -hmm. I'll definitely validate the hurt they're in. Again, mm -hmm. all of that, you know, from my perspective, I think about those bricks, like all of that, that pain is there. Of At course. the same time, yes. I will, like you, um, challenge a little bit and, and mm -hmm. be a little confrontational about, hey, in this space, your partner just did exactly what you've been asking for for years. Yeah. Turn to you and shared their vulnerable feeling. You've wanted more connection and here this happened. And for you, because you're in this override, you go like, that's only no. happening because you're here. Or right. no, yeah. that's not, this is great now, but when we're yeah. out of session, it's never gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So I confront with a little bit of maybe, totally, I'll validate there's some, there's fear that it's really scary to want to accept this because if you open up and be vulnerable, it's probably like what you did a bunch of times before and then you get hurt again when it's not consistent. Totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. And at least for couples who are in therapy with me, because they've actually, mm -hmm. they are committed to coming to change. Mm -hmm. um, I said, you gotta, you gotta have a, a trail of breadcrumbs. Yep. You have to acknowledge when what you're asking for is done. It's just like, you got to put a little bit of bread there and then mm -hmm. have them come along and then another trail and let them go. Because if you don't lay the, the breadcrumbs, yeah. those little reward moments, mm -hmm. then the, the alternative is I ask for what I want. My partner gives it to me and I say, fuck you. And guess yep. what? That partner is never going to do it again. Because on the no. flip side, mm -hmm. the partner's going to be like, I'm trying. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. So Catch I'm just going to get apathetic right? and never do it. I'm going to so get yelled at if I do it or I don't do it. And yeah. it's easier for me to not do it. Just not, yeah. Because the truth yeah. is when a partner does start getting it through their head, oh, maybe I can change and try it. It's probably scary to do that because otherwise they yeah. wouldn't have been doing it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then if the reaction is, okay, I went and did that new thing and then like still wasn't given mm -hmm. my little breadcrumb, <laughs> but I still wasn't given mm -hmm. acknowledgement and, you know, credit for doing mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. Then, then I'm not going to bother doing it again. So mm -hmm. we have to remember the breadcrumbs. We have to remember, like, even if I'm in this override and it's really, really hard to get past my hurts, um, 
I need to at least lay this trail and acknowledge that pace, the yeah. slow pace of change. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I like that for in session, but then what do couples do um, who are listening to this um, when they're, when they're home and they're not in session, you know, they're not yes. seeing a professional working with you or me. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they deal with this? The, the, I love it. The, the shit stained glasses. Yes. Um, they, we can start by encouraging them to have more fun together. Cause oftentimes couples get so caught up in the business side of the relationship and the marriage, potentially if yeah. they're married, yeah. they yeah. stop to take time for themselves to have fun and date each other. So yeah. have some fun together, date each other. It's, it's honestly like date nights and that is just as important as everything else. Yeah. The second thing that we might suggest is they're called um, in Gottman language rituals of connection. So (laughs) how do you leave each other in the morning? How do you greet each other when you get home? What are your um, celebrations around birthdays, weekends, literally working on building connection with them rather than, well, I want to kiss in the morning and they don't. So every time they don't give me one, even though I don't ask, right? Sometimes people <laughs> don't ask and I'm going to throw it in their face. It's like, how dare you not give me what I never voiced? It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. no, that's when I call out partners. I'm like, that's not fair. And oh, I know there's this whole thing of like, should it be fair or not? But I'm like, they didn't know that. You can't get mad at somebody who didn't give you what they didn't know you wanted. And the partner's usually like, what if, Oh, and I, and maybe it's <laughs> me, but what if I, or shall we say they, wasn't yeah. you because they hadn't brushed their teeth yet. I'm not right. saying that. Yeah, but, but it could be. Maybe right? I just don't want you to feel nasty breath on you. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's it's building those bonds and those yeah. connections. Like, um, do you, if your is your partner having a really rough day at work, do you wish them good luck on their business proposal or whatever else they have, or a yeah. tough session? Right. Like those little things. Right. Small things often is the Gottman's kind of foundation that changes the game when it comes yeah. to a relationship. Right. So. You say building small it helps. Things, yeah, but they're, I think they're big. That foundation, they're so big. They're saying or, small as in they really don't take a lot of effort, but they can mean uh, the world. Yeah, they mean so much. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships are literally built on mm-hmm. that. Or if I go back to my brick analogy, every little mm-hmm. one of those is a brick off uh, off your back when you're feeling that resentment mm-hmm. or that pain. They're they're so powerful. But that's mm-hmm. the thing is people do tend to like go like, um, whatever. It has to be some big whatever. Right. Um, acknowledgement behavior or shift it's like mm-hmm. those shifts those big moments come after all of these very special small moments mm-hmm. exactly and we we all we will also suggest like when you're getting in an argument or a disagreement with your partner mm-hmm. how do you repair I say like how often do you repair and how are you repairing? Because yeah. if you're only doing it every few like every few discussions that didn't go well and you're not doing it well you're obviously going to stay stuck in negative sentiment override. Like some of my couples have like a five or 10 minute rule. Like they won't let something go five or 10 minutes without addressing it. If it bothers them, they'll take time to decompress and focus on what they're going to say, but they don't let it build up for two to three weeks. Right. It takes some bandwidth and coaching. I, of course, and like inner work to get there sometimes, but don't let things fester. Don't sweep them under the rug would be good advice instead. Right. We're not just going to say, don't, don't do that. Instead do bringing it up vulnerably, sharing with your partner what happened for you is Mm -hmm. how to repair. Hey, when I experienced blank earlier, I felt blank. And the story I made up in my head was blank. I need this to not happen again. I need this instead. Did this make sense to you? How do you repair after Mm -hmm. a conflict? And how often are you doing that? That's going to build up your positive again, Mm -hmm. because your partner's going to go, oh, even if we don't 
agree, they're going to be there for me and willing to work through it, right? Secure attachment building because Uh you're realizing that. And then how committed are you guys to the relationship, right? If one partner is 100% out the door and the other one's trying to salvage it, yeah, right? It's, it's honestly asking yourself or your partner, like, are you in this with me? Because yeah. the negative sentiment override, if you're doing everything you can, like we talked about, and it feels like the catch 22 and you're really doing all the work and your partner isn't, again, that might be a time to, if you're not, to start seeking out couples therapy yeah. or to take a, an inventory in your own relationship and go, hmm. Am I seeing all the traits that are worth it? Do I think I could get out of this? And am I willing to, right? Is it, has it gone too long that I'm just unwilling to do it? Is a whole different discussion. If we want to actually get the positive sentiment override back, like we're both in it and committed, start repairing, start having fun together and start building more of those connections of just the two of you at the couple level. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like, well, I like all three of those. I think everyone should mm-hmm. consider those. I want to just go back to that repair Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we should do an entire episode on how to repair from conflict <sighs> because yeah. it's so key. And for this, I, I, I just want to dive more because yeah, what can, if we backtrack to how someone builds those bricks on their back and gets mm-hmm. into the negative sentiment override, it's often because they're missing those moments of repair where it's, uh, this was really frustrating to me. The dishwasher was mm-hmm. again, not done. So I had to do it. Yep. So then I feel, and then maybe I, I made a snappy comment to my partner about it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we agreed not to get into it, but then we never came back to repair our disconnection. Right. And instead it was just easier to go to bed, get the kids to sleep, read, relax, wake up and do the day over again. Mm-hmm. Well, of course that little hurt, that brick, is still there it's princess in the pea level like yeah gonna get under your mattress you're gonna yeah. get a prick in your neck and you're gonna be in yeah. pain all, metaphorically or yeah. literally it's gonna be a pain all day yeah. and then it's gonna build and build yeah. and build and that's when we have yeah. volcanic eruptions of and there's i will link it in the notes there's the best episode and i love modern family best show ever don't don't <laughs> at me it is um, there's an episode of this where this happens it's this build up back and forth and of course uh-huh. there's other you know, a parallel plot lines, uh-huh. but it really, really exemplifies what it's like when we don't do the repair attempt. We try yeah. them, right? But we're not, and of course it's a comedy show, but yeah. we're not nailing it. And it finally comes yeah. out at the end and yeah. Phil is like, wait, what? Like <laughs> it's, it, it makes it really funny. So I'll include that as a link so people can kind of get an idea, like repair it right away rather than letting it fester. It's, it's one of the funniest episodes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and again, re- I love that. I think it'll be good illustrated. It's repairing is so key. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, because we can see where this, this override comes from when you're not repairing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the major factors. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll just leave it there. Um, yeah. I think there's so much we can get into with repair in the other episode, but I love those three takeaways of what people at home could be considering. Um, if it's not such a place where they feel like they need to come in and, and work professionally on it, mm-hmm. they can be like, oh, okay, I get in that space. Let, let's, let's do this and kind of manage it in your relationship at home. It's right. Cool. Right. Love that. Yep. No, well, let's end it there on a, on a really cool. nice, like, on a, you space. mean on a positive note? No, I can't, I, I don't even care. I don't even care what we just talked about for a half hour. <laughs> Uh, I remember one episode 30 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God damn. laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, yes, yes. 
This was a great episode. You Let's agree to, to agree. <laughs> you matter to me, Talia. You matter to me too, Ryan. <laughs> And thank you, listeners. You matter yes. to both of us. Um, yes, thank you for absolutely. checking us out. We'll see you next episode. Um, shoot us questions or comments. Yep. Uh, you can email us, Ryan and Talia, at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. Yep. Or shoot uh, us or, a DM on Instagram, um, at thecouplesguidepodcast. Yep. Sounds good. And we'll see you next time. Take good All care. Right.